Welcome, this is James Barclay and this is Unprecedented Business Growth. Welcome to our next podcast in the series Converting Short-Term to Long-Term Growth. We're going to talk today about identifying the high-growth markets of tomorrow. Our discussion in this sequence of podcasts has revolved so far around improving operational performance and the conversion of short-term success into long-term results. Here we're going to discuss around the general definition of what we term a high-growth market. We're going to talk a little about why tomorrow is a lot closer than you think, and we'll discuss how future growth markets will differ from today and what needs to be done to prepare for it. So I'm going to move on today to talk a little bit about the geographic definition. Why do we need to focus on cities rather than countries? Understanding the different factors that will influence growth. And I'll talk a little bit about different distribution channels. Why traditional distribution channels will still be more relevant for growth than online mobile and the more fashionable channels. The concept high growth markets is here to highlight markets that represent a disproportionately attractive investment environment for entrepreneurs and executives, and to better understand the individual complexities of doing business in that market. Today, the mobile phone is ubiquitous. In the space of 30 years, cellular phones have gone from a novelty accoutrement in the hands of Wall Street and City of London bankers to serving the basic communication needs of humans in rich and poor in far-flung corners of the world. We're in the midst of a mobile explosion in data. Apps for this, websites, blogs, social media, for almost every imaginable interest. All from a tiny idea that mobile telecommunications could dramatically improve the speed and ease of accomplishing basic human needs. Mobile communications have spawned the ultimate high-growth market. It's not defined specifically by geography or product, although often that's the easiest way to reference it, rather by the human ability to interact with each other. It has tangible, intangible, and peripheral benefits. This is how I think we need to look at the subject of high-growth markets of the future. There's a tangible value, the increased speed, the quality, and the access that has hitherto been tough to scale. There's an intangible value, for example, improved teamwork in the workplace, increased peace of mind, increased flexibility in managing our own lives. Finally, there's the peripheral value, which derives from the product, the service, or the relationship, which allows us an individual or a team of people or an organization to build a brand globally, market and sell a product anywhere at any time, and to not be dependent on capital-intensive or labor-intensive resources, and so on. So assuming these parameters, where reasonably can we expect to find the high-growth markets of the future? Number one, growth markets only prosper where there's a growth environment. That environment is distinguished by the right demographics and productivity levels to outperform world or market averages. High-growth markets, in a geographic definition, may be some countries that excelled in the 20th century, The debate with the BRICS, Turkey, Indonesia, Mexico, and Korea is not that they have large populations. After all, they comprise close to 3 billion people or the ability to generate productive and sustainable growth. It's the time it will take them to transform themselves. 
Are they short-term or are they long-term growth markets for your organization? You must decide. The second point is the key ingredient of a high-growth environment are education, use of technology, use of mobile telecommunication, use of computers, the role of government providing an appropriate set of parameters and incentives. Stability, upholding the rule of law, the absence of corruption are other important factors. Stop for a moment now and make a list of geographic locations that score highest in your key markets. Number three, increasing urbanization in developed and developing parts of the world shows little chance of slowing down. Are we right to focus on high growth markets from a country specific basis or would it, as I would strongly argue, make more sense to focus on cities? In those cities which represent the fastest growth opportunities for your new or existing products and services, where are they? And make an immediate note of them. Number four, how we serve those markets is constantly being redefined by technology. Indeed, that's the basis for much of the current global debate on corporate tax on consumer purchases. We have companies such as Google, Amazon, eBay, and others who argue that they don't physically sell products in a country, rather customers come to their specific markets where they are resident. That their market is the British Virgin Islands, Luxembourg, Liechtenstein, or Labuan taxes politicians and consumer advocates' minds. Needless to say, those organizations' development of a sustained growth has outsped archaic tax rules. Who's to say that high-growth markets of the future may not be stateless? If that's the case, where would you best be domesticated? Number five, market needs of the future and those with high growth will fall in three areas. Current need, examples such as health, education, technology, outsourcing, travel, are only the immature stages of growth. I could make a reasonable case that the markets in those particular segments will triple by 2030. The second market need is future need. I'm talking about needs that will evolve in the changing world we coexist in, such as globalization, rising wealth in developed and developing economies, an increase in a global connectivity, rising tensions between the old and young in developing economies, and greater cultural awareness, and so forth. We can see changes already today in energy consumption within the US and other countries becoming less dependent on traditional suppliers of oil and gas. The third and final need is around the creation of need that we don't already see or we have overlooked. Who knew in the 1980s, in the space of 20 years, a smartphone maker, Apple or Samsung, an internet search business, Google, and an online auction site, eBay, would all be members of the top 10 most valuable global brands. My final thought is this. Tim Berners-Lee identified the World Wide Web in a configuration we know today in the early 1980s. There were rapidly a group of companies who established short-term growth, companies such as Microsoft, Intel, AOL, and others. There were then a smaller group of companies and leaders who had the ability to convert that short-term success into long-term growth, companies such as Apple, Google, and so on. At the same time, there was also others who mistook the wave of change that was taking place. Examples of the newspaper industry who have spent the best part of the last 20 years desperately trying to stay relevant to their consumer. In that same time period, companies such as Coca-Cola 
have hardly expanded their product horizon, but they've continued to sustain growth. So my point is that identifying some high growth markets of the future will be obvious, and with others, it will be a more transformative process. This has been Unprecedented Business Growth with me, James Barclay.